Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, everybody, to episode four of the Sportster Show. My name is Jim Parsons. I'm here with thesportster.com. This is another podcast. We're going to cover a little bit of news. WWE and AEW returns in WWE. Mustafa Ali, Asuka are back. We've also got some AEW news, but we've got the conversation about the greatest tag teams in WWE or AEW, the current industry tag teams. This is not necessarily the greatest tag teams of all time. There are a number of teams that we would include in this conversation if we were going there. But this is about the greatest tag teams in the current industry in WWE, AEW. Who ranks where? Who should be in the conversation? Who shouldn't? We're going to cover all of that right now on episode four of the Sportster Show. So sit back for the next 45 minutes to 50 minutes and enjoy. Oh, yeah. And if you're going to do anything other than marvel at how insightful Norman and I's conversation is about this topic, do us a favor. Give the podcast a share. Go on Apple Podcasts, give it a five-star rating, share it with others on social media. That would really help us out. Hey, right on. We're back. Uh, we're the Sportster Show on Facebook eventually, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, your favorite podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Wherever you want to download and listen to this show, we appreciate you joining us. Norman, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Good. Uh, it's been about a week and change since we dropped episode three of the podcast and mm-hmm. went live on YouTube and talked a little bit about Raw and AEW and SmackDown. We did kind of a recap on those shows, but we're going to take a little different approach today. Mm-hmm. We'll talk some news because uh, there is some news to talk about when it comes to especially WWE and today Impact Wrestling. Uh, announced a couple departures, but uh, we're also going to take a look at the best tag teams in the industry right now, uh, both in WWE and AEW. So we're going to have a little fun for the next uh, 20, 30 minutes or so. Uh, Where should we start? Let's maybe cover some of the news on Raw. We saw a couple of really big returns. Uh, Mustafa Ali and Asuka are back. Which one of these two is more surprising to you? Um, Definitely Ali is more surprising. I think... um 
Oscar is, you know, a, a welcome sight. It's great to have her back. She was sorely missed. Uh, the women's division is... I don't think anyone can argue that the women's division is is much better for having her in it. Um, but Ali was definitely the most surprising because, you know, having read and heard and seen his own tweets and his own words, what's been going on backstage and all the backstage politics and all the, the tension that there is between him and WWE higher-ups... Um, you know, it's surprise. It was kind of surprising to see him appear because I, I was, I think a lot of people were assuming we were going to get a, a sort of Neville situation, a Park situation where they just kind of punish him for being insolent by, by not you, by never using him, um, and just keeping him backstage and keeping him under contract without actually putting him on TV. Um, so it was, it was not, it was good to see him back, and I, maybe it seems like they maybe figured something out or they came to some sort of agreement where they were like, look. You can either write out your contract and not do anything, or you can write out your contract and do something. Um, and yeah, they went with the latter option. So yeah, you got to wonder what happened, what that conversation was looking like, because prior to Monday, there was real. I mean, maybe prior to Sunday or Saturday, Hanks like early Monday when word started to leak that he might be there. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no sign of him coming back. There was no talk about him. There was no discussion behind the scenes that we were aware of that he was even on their radar right now uh they haven't brought a bunch of people back ezekiel who is elias or not um is on the show again but there really wasn't a lot of talk about him so yeah i kind of wonder what that conversation looked like if they said hey we have an idea for you we have a plan it looks like they're putting him into a feud a rivalry of some kind already the segment Mm -hmm. on with the miz and um, I thought that was really interesting because they sort of broke down that fourth wall. They talked about, you know, his social media stuff. Theory was like, hey, aren't you the guy that took your ball and went home? And the Miz is like, do you still work here? Yeah. Right. So they really addressed all of those kind of behind the curtain rumors uh, without actually addressing them. And then they put him in a feud with Ciampa, who I guess is no longer Tommaso Ciampa, but just Ciampa. Yeah. Um, so they've got a plan for him. So I wonder if they just said, you know what? We, this is silly. What are we doing? Yeah. Like, let's get find something for you to do. Uh, let's put you here. Let's address this. Let's let the cat out of the bag. Let's move on. We'll put you in a few with Ciampa. We'll see how it goes. Um, but I am curious, though. What do you expect? Like, Ciampa's probably got to have to win here because he's new to Raw. Mustafa mm-hmm. Ali probably needs to win here because mm-hmm. he's back on Raw. What direction does this thing go? I mean, from someone who, just from a purely sort of wrestling perspective, like if you want to watch uh, two people who are very, very good at wrestling, that a Champa Ali feud has potential to be really, really good. Now, the question is, are WWE going to give it the sort of care, like at the time and the sort of pacing that something like that deserves? And, you know, they don't have a good track record with stuff like that with guys their size. Um, you can see it being kind of relegated to just sort of an afterthought and just being used to get Champa over. Um, I would like it if they, if the, if they, you know, if they could have like a few matches and maybe string it out and then and then have like a rubber match on a pay per view and give them give them like enough time to put on a clinic, which they're both capable of doing, as we've seen. Um, I would like that. I don't know if we're going to get that, but um, yeah, I think it's. I mean, I, th- I know I think Ali's a good 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 fodder for Champa. I don't know what that le- where that leaves Ali afterwards, but I guess we'll find out. Well, he looked pretty good. You you wouldn't tell he was away for whatever it was six mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm. I thought Ali looked really solid in that match. So, uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. It looks pretty good as far as Oscar goes. Uh, yeah, like you said, good to see her back. I'm not surprised that she didn't say a whole lot. She sort of came out, uh, 
don't know exactly what she said for half of her promo, and then she said, you know, nobody's ready for Asuka because Becky Lynch was talking up the, her path back to the Raw Women's title, and nobody was going to be in her way to stop her, which, of course, is perfect intro for Asuka. Do you think Asuka's a, a kind of a transitional foe for Becky Lynch to move on to Bianca Belair? We're going to see Lynch and Belair again, or is there a chance because, you know, there's that history between Asuka and Becky Lynch where Asuka gave her basically or Lynch gave her the title in the briefcase, there's some storyline here. Um, does Asuka get the win here, or is she kind of being used to just move Becky Lynch forward? Well, it's a tough one. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know that... I mean, I think we're obviously going to see Becky and, and Bianca at some point again. Um, yeah, I, maybe we get some sort of three-way three-way feud, you know. Maybe we uh, we maybe we get some sort of triple threat match um, somewhere down the line. Um, yeah, it would be silly. It would be weird to have Oscar come back and then lose her first her first sort of mini feud, I guess. But at the same time, I guess it doesn't really make sense to have Becky lose a feud after just losing the title uh, at WrestleMania. So yeah, I mean, there's 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 options on the table there. I, 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 I don't. I don't think. I don't want them to. I hope they don't book themselves into a corner. Um, maybe it would have been better to have Asuka come back and just squash a few lower card uh, talent. But yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to see where it goes. Well, I don't. I'm not going to pretend for one second that Becky Lynch is not the person that you eventually long term put over here, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's the star. Mm-hmm. Asuka's great, mm-hmm. but Becky Lynch is the star. She is one of three or four women on in WWE and we had a conversation, you know, off record the other guys here at the sports show about the women's divisions in each company. Becky Lynch may be the top of all of it. Mm-hmm, right? Like mm-hmm. she's she's the pedestal, she's the the gold trophy, she's what you want. She's the person you put over here, right? Mm-hmm. So when push comes to shove, Becky Lynch is the man, is big time Bex, is everything that, you know, she's made out to be. So Asuka doesn't get the win here eventually. Could it be a short-term win? Could it be a short-term carryover? Yeah, I could see that. But, yeah, I don't expect uh, Asuka to, to, to kind of get the rub here right away. Uh, by the way, we've got Ozzy with us. He's commenting uh, about my hat. And I'm wearing Good job on YouTube. Not wearing a hat today. Yeah. You're wearing a hat today. Yeah, I got it. Um, and Ozzy says, Becky looks like the female star from the movie Fifth Element. Movie oh. by Bruce Willis. Uh, Mila, Mila Jovovich. Jovovich, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did kind of have that outfit on on Monday yeah. night, so that that was pretty good. Uh, let's switch gears a little bit, talk about the inspiration, uh, the Iconics, formerly mm-hmm. of WWE, mm-hmm. the news that happened this morning in Impact Wrestling. I'm curious to see what your take is here. My guess is that they have just figured out other ways of making money. They're doing, whether it's OnlyFans or their own websites, I think they have CassieWorld.com and... Um, uh, Jessica McKay, whatever they're doing, they probably are doing so well with those two things and the revenue that they're making that they maybe don't need yeah. the wrestling gig. Yeah, uh, I don't know how often they're working in Impact Wrestling, uh, how many contract or many shows they were scheduled to do, but looks like both sides have decided to just amicably be, amicably part ways. Yeah, and they both made announcements this morning that they're moving on. So, what do you make here of the fact that? Inspirations done with Impact Wrestling and Cassie Lee and Jessica K are kind of doing their own thing now. I mean, it always once when they got released by WWE, I got the vibe that their heart wasn't really in professional wrestling. I feel like they, I think they love the industry and they owe they they feel like they owe the industry a lot. But I definitely got the vibe that they were like they weren't really like putting themselves out there much and sort of you know tr- doing the thing that a lot of people do when they get released, which is trying to like start beefs on Twitter and trying to like 
at Tony Khan and, you know, at Scott Diamond or whatever. They weren't doing any of that. Um, and it felt like from the get, as soon as they got released, that they were more interested in kind of uh, pursuing alternate alternative revenue streams, which they were able to do, thankfully. Um, yeah, I guess maybe they, 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 they started at Impact. They got sort of hot-shotted to the titles straight away, the tag titles. Um, and maybe they just didn't, didn't settle in and they just found that... Um, they found it hard to adapt to a style that wasn't WWE style, probably. Um, and they just, yeah, you know, they just kind of fell out of love with the actual the actual wrestling side of professional wrestling. And, you know, they, they said it's an, an indefinite sort of hiatus. They, you know, I, I can easily foresee them coming back to WWE somewhere down the line. Um, so, yeah. I yeah, I, I was a little shocked when they were released. I mean, we could say that about a lot of people and mm. the way those cuts happened and mm-hmm, the hundred mm-hmm. people that were gone. Um, they were shocking to me simply because of the fact that they were so good at their behind-the-scenes stuff, yeah. their promos backstage, their mm-hmm. YouTube interviews, their WWE exclusives, things like that, that they didn't get a lot of credit for. They were really, really good. Then they broke them up, right? They split them and had them do individual stuff, and I think that was the writing on the wall. It was the end for them. But uh, they have, they're really good at this. Like They are extremely good at being creative and finding alternate ways of getting attention. And they immediately did that when they left, right? They didn't sign with AEW, which I thought there would be a spot for them to do so. Um, And they are working, I think, Impact for the most part, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you know more than I do, uh, is more of a part-time gig for people. It's not necessarily, you know, full-time touring, shows all the time, things like that. So for them, this allowed them to do a podcast, it allowed them to create their own websites, it allowed them to do other subscription services, which I'm sure they're raking in money. Um, because one, they're creative Two, they look like a million bucks. Like they, they're doing well. Yeah. Right. So there's really no reason. My only concern, I suppose, uh, for them and not that I should be concerned for them. I'm sure they're, they're doing wonderfully well. Um, is that was wrestling the catalyst? Was it the intro, the window to lead people and fans to their other stuff? And will mm-hmm. they lose that a little bit? Yeah. But impact wrestling is not as big. It doesn't have as huge a platform as WWE, AEW, and they're doing just fine. Yeah. So they maybe could go matter. down like a sort of Bella's path, maybe. Maybe they'll maybe they'll get a sort of reality show or something and start launching their own their own their own wines and stuff like that. You never know. Yeah, they they certainly be uh, good candidates for mm-hmm. it because they're creative and funny. And if you've ever listened to their podcast, it's really interesting. Yeah, and they talk about pretty much everything under the sun. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I don't know. Is there any other news we've missed? Anything we've got? I mean, WrestleMania backlash around the corner here, but yeah, there's a, there's a few little. I mean, it hasn't been a sort of uh, monumentally monumental week for news uh, yet. Um, yeah, there's a few little bits, but nothing. I think we can move on. Okay, let's yeah. get into the tag team conversation then, because that was one of the things we wanted to talk about today. Yeah. We decided to pick a topic, and we're going to do this every once in a while for these podcast mm-hmm. episodes and live YouTubes. Is just find a topic that we want to dig into. Uh, we had tossed around a couple, but we settled on this one. Uh, best tag teams. Now we're not talking about. Uh, I went on Facebook Live when I did my show on Monday. I had a lot of people giving me their best tag teams of all time, and that might be a topic for another day. And yeah. We could certainly talk about who that is. But, I mean, it's the British um, Bulldogs, obviously, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I heard Demolition. I heard lots of lots of good ones uh, that I'm huge fans of. Because 80s to early 90s tag teams, for me, that was the cat's pajamas. That was yeah. the best. Oh, absolutely. That was the golden age of tag team wrestling. By, oh, my by gosh, a million yeah. Percent. So yeah, good. Heart Foundation, all kinds. Of, you got everyone. There. I remember the very doing. first Survivor Series when they had – 
all the tag teams on each side, and there were like 16 guys on mm-hmm. the ring apron, and there was really no ring apron left because all the tag teams were just waiting to take it. That was when you knew tag team wrestling was at its all-time high because there were so many, so many good teams. <laughs> what happened but, to Vin- what happened, Vince Jr.? What happened? <laughs> I don't know. I just wonder if he just decided he's like – because he throws a lot of – you look back and you realize that there were a lot of good teams that came together, but there was also a lot of thrown-together teams, which he still does, right? Yeah. Like Young Stallions. Yeah. Were a thrown together team. Powers mm-hmm. of Pain, thrown together team. Like yeah. a lot of really solid tag teams were just thrown together. And yeah. he does that, right? That's just kind mm-hmm. of his thing. But back then, man, there were tag teams who were tag teams. Killer yeah. Bees, British Bulldogs, Heart Foundation, Rockers. all those guys, the Rujos, yeah. yeah, Rockers. Like they were tag teams. That was the thing. Mm-hmm. There are not a lot of them these days in nope. uh, WWE, uh, more in AEW. But let's kind of talk about. Uh, we'll run through a handful of them. We'll go yay or nay as to whether or not we think they should be in the conversation yeah. of you know great tag teams. And I don't know how we're going to define great, but yeah. um, whether or not they're, they're worth being considered you know the top tier of the tag teams this year. Uh, you want to flop back and forth between WWE and AEW? You want to take one promotion at a time and go there? Yeah, let's do. Let's flop back and forth, and then maybe throw. There's a couple that aren't. There's there's like maybe one or two tag teams that aren't in either promotion that I think are worth mentioning. But yeah, we can start. Let's just. Why don't you lead the way? Okay, well, let's start with WWE because there are fewer tag teams to talk yeah. about. I think Shockingly. in WWE <laughs> than there than there are in AEW. But uh, I mean, I think top of the food chain probably in WWE is the Usos. Do you mm. agree? I absolutely agree. Yeah, uh, right now they're the best tag team. I mean, they have a case for being the best tag team in the world right now. Um, they just have been consistently great for ages. I think for a long time I wasn't really into them. Right before, remember when they turned heel and then they did start doing the Uso Penitentiary stuff. That's yeah. when everything clicked, and that's when yeah, they started sure. to become what they had clearly always wanted to do. And since then, they've just been just like straight straight to the top um everything they do not everything they do but almost everything they do is just gold they always give 110 percent. they always want to have the best match on the card that's pretty obvious every time you watch one of their matches they're trying to have the best match on the card usually um if they're given enough time they can normally do that um they're just they, they just work their asses off i think they're both really really charismatic they're great on the mic they're good in the ring and I think when when it's all said and done, they're going to be considered one of the best tag teams ever. Uh, yeah. yeah. I can agree with almost everything you said there. The one thing I will add to that is I remember when they first kind of got going, they sort of had that Islanders slash Samoan Yeah, they were doing the hot and all that. With yeah. the orange tights and the face paint yeah. and stuff. They were really good then, but you didn't take them as seriously, right? Yeah, they weren't, exactly, yeah. They weren't in that upper level. You always kind of figured, well, these guys are good, but they'll probably lose this match or whatever, right? Now you look at them when they. Be- I, w- I don't want to say that they became uh, more street uh, credit, street cred kind of tag yeah. team, but they sort of did, right? They turned the corner there, sort of went away, and if, ironically or interestingly, they're sort of going back to the Samoan roots a little bit with the whole yeah, bloodline, bloodline thing. Yeah. Uh, but they've mixed both worlds, right? They've talked. Yeah. They've got the street cred still, but they've got the Samoan dynasty behind them, mm-hmm. and now they're really, really good. I. I marvel at how much they've accomplished, mm-hmm. and you don't even think about it. Like, yeah. the longest reigning SmackDown Tag Team Champions. I think they have more... I don't know what the stats are, but I bet you the stats page is huge. Yeah. Like, when it comes to what they've actually done mm-hmm. and accomplished as a tag team in WWE, they've probably shattered all sorts of records. Yeah. Um, so I'm not surprised that uh, we'd both vote them at the I mean, and there. it's not beyond the realms of possibility to expect um, a solo run from from one of them at some point um we've we had it we had it teased a little bit you know we I, I i can see one of them maybe winning money in the bank at some point 
Um, I, yeah, I, I, and I think they both. I think both of them separately have uh, the ability to succeed as as a, as a solo performer. Obviously, it seems like only one of them will be able to. Um, yeah. But yeah. You know, Jay, we got that a little bit with Jay. I, the one thing that concerns me about the Usos, and I don't know if it's a real concern, even if WD's worried about it, but they seem to get themselves in trouble outside That's of true. the ring sometimes. Yeah, that is true. Right? And I, you wonder if that is going to ever get in the way uh, yeah. of them being as good as they could possibly be. All right, let's move on. Uh, RK Bro, uh, here's a team that we talk about teams being thrown together. Most of the time it doesn't work. This one has really, really worked. Riddle yeah. and Orton have amazing chemistry mm-hmm. and it's just one of those teams that the second you put it together you're like this is an odd one and but the oddity works like it just really they're so different from each other but that difference the play the chemistry is there yeah um, the question i get all the time on these videos is when are they breaking up yeah so I mean, what do you what do you expect i mean i hope that they don't <laughs> i mean i it, I, w- I would consider it a swerve if they didn't break them up and they did just kind of Maybe maybe part ways and do some sep- go on separate singles runs and keep coming back together. It's maybe like a rock and sock connection kind of thing, you know. Um, they can have matches together, but I just don't want. I just I would prefer if there wasn't like a big turn. I think, um, and I think it would be. I don't, I don't think they should pull the trigger on that anytime soon. Honestly, um, that's just my personal opinion. Um, yeah, I mean they're both they, they they they've got a lot of chemistry. They're great together maybe on paper didn't seem like it would work and i think a lot of what we're seeing on screen is their dynamic backstage right i do feel like orton feels like he has to take this kid under his wing a little bit because i feel like we've all we've read stories about riddle and what he's like backstage and how he can be a little bit of a gobshite and and rub people the wrong way um he's always kind of jokingly trying to start beefs with people and then it gets you know people like goldberg get a little bit upset um, and I feel like Randy kind of sees a lot of himself in Riddle, especially I think I think they both uh, uh, bond over some um, extracurricular activities. Let's say I think they share common interests. Uh, yeah, probably, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think there's I think there's I think that's definitely an element of their chemistry there. Um, yeah. So my opinion is I don't want them to I don't want them to split up. I want them to maybe separate, have have singles run separately, have matches every now and then, do rock and sock connection thing, keep coming back together, having matches every now and then. I I get what you're saying. I disagree mm. uh, only because I just think the split will be so big when it happens. Right? Like we're talking mega powers kind of turn. Yeah. Right? Like Randy mm. Savage being jealous of something, whatever. I have no clue who would turn heel here. That's, yeah, that's I would have thought immediately would be Orton. I'm yeah. not so sure about that now. Right. I don't know how you make the Riddle heel character a heel. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can figure it out. My guess would be that it's Orton and that Riddle eventually goes over. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, I think that needs to be delayed. I think if they had immediate plans or soon plans for that to happen, I think that's been pushed back. Mm-hmm. And they're going to give these guys a long run as they can. I would keep it in the background, just had a bubbling underneath that maybe it's potentially there. Yeah. But I believe that that match, Riddle and Orton, when it happens in that big turn that you don't want to see, does happen. I think that's huge for WWE. I just yeah. don't know how you don't do it. Like I, I just look- think... You, you have to take advantage of what heat is going to come on the person who turns on the other guy because these everybody loves these guys so much that you will make a huge mega heel out of the guy who ruins this. I think the smart thing to do, if they are going to do that, would be to turn Riddle and have Riddle turn on Orton. I think that would be, that would be fun. 
Um, and look, we know we've seen it before that it doesn't mean no split is permanent, right? DIY, yeah. uh, you know, the list goes on and on. People, they always come back together eventually. Well, not always, <laughs> but sometimes, you know. So, you know, they could they could have a, a rift and then mend, mend their relationship a few years down the line and kick everything back off again. So, yeah. But yeah, yeah definitely. Shawn Michaels, Triple H, right? Yeah, exactly. And the, yeah. the good thing about both of these guys is that neither one of them, usually when you split a tag team, one guy goes on to great glory, the other guy is Marty Jannetty. Yeah. Right? That won't happen here. Because yeah, exactly. both of these guys are so established that even if you're putting Riddle over at the expense of Randy Orton, Randy Orton's Randy Orton. Randy Orton's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that you have to worry about. They'd be like, oh my God, we're burying Randy Orton. It's not happening, right? Mm-hmm. Riddle's too popular to bury him. So yeah. I don't think you have to worry about that, which is why, again, I would do that. But I get where you're coming from. A lot of people love this team. Yeah. Uh, so I could understand why they wouldn't. Okay, uh, Street Profits, probably. Oh, right that's up what I was going to say. Yeah, I was definitely going to throw, throw Street Profits in there too, actually. So I'm glad you mentioned them um yeah really charismatic they nailed their gimmick they i think um i mean we talked you mentioned earlier you talked about michaels and Janetti. i do think if anyone is the Shawn michaels it's montez ford here no offense to angelo dawkins so i think is really entertaining i just think montez is really really good in the ring really smooth really crisp um incredibly charismatic great on the mic i really really see a I can really see a very successful singles run in Montez Ford. Um, I think there's money on the table if they don't do that. Um, like I could, literally like main event stuff I can see in him Yeah, somewhere down the line. Um, in terms of tag team, right? I don't, I think they're incredible. I think they're really good. I think they're really, really entertaining. I think right now they are in that conversation for like best tag team, but I don't think they are actually there. I do think there's a few above them who are just more consistent and are and are, and are make take uh, making the most of the time they've been given a little bit better. Yeah, I, I don't see them getting to that level either because I think the split happens first. Right? Yeah, right. I, I'm with you that Montez Ford is a star. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it'll be as a heel. I right, think he's yeah. got mm-hmm. he's like a skinny version of the rock to me. Mm-hmm. He's got all those tools and that charismatic ability to just come up with a line that you're yeah. like, "Oh my god, that was gold." Mm-hmm. Right? And I think as a heel he's going to be a much um he's a much bigger star than he is right now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that Angelo Dawkins is going to be the I talked about Marty Jannetty's right as a reference here. I don't think that will happen for him, but I do think Montez goes on to be the big big name here and we wonder what will happen with angelo dawkins Mm -hmm. right hopefully it's not a a heavy machinery situation you know where somebody's gone Uh, angelo's pretty good like he's he's fairly talented too i just don't know when you split the dudleys and you got bubba doing one thing and devon doing another is reverend devon you mean you know what i mean like that that's what you gotta wonder right so that's the only reason I hesitate to split those up guys up because I think one guy goes in one direction, shoots straight up the ladder, and the other guy sort of toils around. But I don't know that the Street Profits ever get to that really high level because I think WWE is going to push Montez forward before they ever get that to mm. that point. So yeah. we'll, see, we'll see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a tag team I, I don't want to even consider in the category yet, but I do think could be good. Los Lotharios. I really like Angel and Umberto as a team. Yeah. I think they have a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. Do you think these two last? Already we've seen hints of some friction between yeah. these two cousins. Um, could they be in that tier of tag teams, or do you think they get split prior to? Yeah, I feel like they're going to get split before they get a chance to really succeed. I do think Gaza is the more is the better just all-round performer. Better, I just in ring and sort of has a little bit more charisma than Umberto. 
Um, and so I, I, I work if they, you know, I think it's a little bit early to split them up to sort of throw them together. I mean, I know that they're cousins, right? In real life, I think. Yeah, I would assume so. Yeah, um, all kind of in that uh, family. That, yeah, I'm not sure exactly what the relationship. But to is, put but... them, yeah, to, to throw them together, I guess makes sense. But then it would be kind of premature to, to split them up now, which is what they're teasing. Um, but if they, but if they do do that, it's not going to like be the end of the world because, like I say, I think Gaza has potential as a single star. I mean, Eddie Guerrero is the very obvious comparison, but I think there's, you know, I think that kind of almost does him a disservice because he doesn't need to sort of live up to that. But he's he definitely is a very entertaining guy. Okay, there's a handful more that we'll fly through here. Uh, Alpha Academy. Let's talk about stars. I think Chad Gable's the guy here. I love uh, Chad Gable, yeah. Oh, my God. He's so good. And yeah. he's been with them for so long and been mm-hmm. under their noses for so long mm-hmm. that it's amazing that it took this long for people to figure out that he is just – he's gold. He's so good, right? Yep. Like, he's he is Kurt Angle in that he has this un- untapped potential to – bring you in with the stuff that he says like mm-hmm. the fact that he's got shoosh over yeah as high as he's as well as he has that tells you all you need to know and he can go like the guy otis is great too and i love the small and the big of the alpha academy that you know the dichotomy of the two size guys and stuff like that reminds me a little bit of the brett and jim the anvil sort of yeah. uh comparisons but mm-hmm. i think chad gable Again, where do you rank Alpha Academy here? Uh, again, not, I don't think they're necessarily in the conversation, but I think they're fun, and I think they're both. I think they're kind of doing. Um, I think they're taking the ball and running. The, you know, running with it. I think they're doing taking the baton and running with it. I think they're doing a really good job with what they've been given. But yeah, I don't think they're quite in the conversation for like best tag team in the world just just yet. What about Dirty Dogs? Here's the reason I I like this team a lot. But the reason I kind of every once in a while watch them, I'm like, man, I had so much hope for Robert Roode. Yeah, I know, The man. glorious gimmick when he yeah. came to WWE and NXT was so good for a year, and then they mm-hmm. just dropped the ball with him yeah. on SmackDown. Uh, but the tag teams turned out to be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They're two veterans been around a long time, and they're <clears throat> always probably going to be guys that are used to enhance and put other people over. Right, yeah. So I can't imagine that, but pretty under uh, underappreciated tag team, yes? For sure, yeah. I mean, they've got, they've got chemistry. They seem to... Seem to be enjoying what they're doing. Yeah, and they might just be ex- have accepted their lot on that roster, which is just getting the odd big win every now and then, but mostly just there to put to put people over. And they're probably happy uh, to do that. Yeah, I'm sure they are. I mean, they know the rule, right? Yeah. They know what job they're there to do, especially Dolph, right? He mm-hmm. knows he's his job is to look as good as he can look because he knows he looks good yep. and get other people over in the process. Uh, Ray and Dominic, how much longer do you think this lasts? Oh, man, I don't know. I'm getting kind of bored with them, to be honest with you. I think Dominic, I'm, I'm not alone, I don't think of thinking this, I think Dominic needs to go down to NXT for a little bit and just simmer down there for a bit. Um, I don't think he's really te- like main roster TV ready. It's it's obviously really a really cool story to have him in the ring with his dad very often. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'd put them up there, but yeah, I think I think it's cute. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> and we would be remiss if we did not end on the New Day. Um, probably, yeah. they won the top 50 tag teams in WWE history. Oh, they absolutely. were number one. Yeah. Um, are they still there? Does the Big E injury change things? Yeah. To, are they past that point now where you look at New Day in that conversation? Have they sort of had their moment in the sun? And yeah, I think they're now in we're that. moving on from them. I think they're in that conversation of greatest tag teams of all time, absolutely. But for right now, I think they've kind of plummeted down the rankings a little bit but i mean they've you know i'm sure they'll be able to claw their way back up very easily you know 
Um, so yeah, I think they're definitely they're one of the greatest tag teams of all times. So, but right now, I think there's a there's quite a few above them. Yeah, I am a little concerned about Big E and mm. what his future means, and if he's coming back, if he's not coming back, if yeah. he does come back, in what capacity will he be there? And while the New Day is probably uh, in the top five for sure of greatest tag teams WWE has ever had, uh, I think that their success lies as a trio. And if you're just dealing with Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston now, um, yeah, it changes, not, changes not the, the picture for me. Yeah, right? absolutely, yeah. Um, all right, so let's move on to uh, All Elite Wrestling. Uh, AEW's mm-hmm. known for their tag team division. Is it as good today as it was when it started? Now, there are more teams than when they started, but the teams that they had when they kicked things off was pretty much the staple of what AEW was going to be. They yeah. were going to be the best uh, promotion for tag team wrestling in the world. Um, is it still that? I think so. Honestly, I think so. Right now, I think um, actual, like, for just for pure in-ring action, I think they deliver on a, on a more consistent basis. Um, I think the booking is more consistently enjoyable than it has been in WWE recently. Um, tag te- Just tag team. Just talking about tag team stuff. Um, and yeah, I think they... It seems like they actually care a little bit more about actual tag tag team wrestling um so yeah I, I mean i do think it's i do think that's the standout promotion as far as tag team wrestling goes right now currently all right so let's start start with the tag team champions who by the way i do not think should even be in this conversation mm. uh jurassic express mm-hmm. uh i think jungle boy's got a huge future and mm-hmm. luchasaurus is pretty awesome but yeah. uh they to me aren't in this conversation where yeah. do you rank Jurassic Express in terms of great tag teams? Yeah, I don't know that they are in the conversation right now. It seems to be... Whatever they're doing right now, it all seems to be some building to something with Christian, maybe. They do still feel like a transitional team to me. I think if uh, Phoenix hadn't got injured, maybe they might not even be champs. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know that I'd put them up there. I think they're doing a good job though. I think they're they're sort of representing the the, the, the brand very well, and um, they sell a lot of merch. So you know, yeah, yeah, they're different. They're viewed differently, right? Like they're a fan favorite. They're yeah. the they're the attraction so much, not the although both guys can go, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily the technical tag team that you get to know with AEW things like that. They're the guys that they're the Orange Cassidy of the tag team division, right? Like they're yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, really, yeah, everybody gets excited to see them. Everybody loves to sing Tarzan Boy, uh, yeah. all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, not quite there in terms of the actual tag teams. All right, so my question, here's here's the deal. Is it the Young Bucks or is it FTR? Who is For right the now? best tag team uh, in all elite wrestling? For me, it's FTR, um, and it's not even really that close right now. Um, just examining their work over the last for, – for just for 2022, I would say um, – they're, for me, that for me, FTR is the best tag team in the world right now. Um, yeah, pretty easily. Uh, I don't think it's not a tough decision for me to say. Really, um, the in ring action they just deliver consistently all the time. Um, they're exciting. They understand their, They understand tag team wrestling better than almost anybody who is a tag team wrestler on the planet right now. They their attitudes are just perfect for their characters they 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 sort of live their gimmicks in a way like you never see them in an interview sort of break character i think because their characters are them to an extent right they're just two workhorses who want to be the who want to show that they're the the best tag team in the world and that's what they keep doing on a consistent basis 
Um, I think if you watched their match with the Briscoes at um, Supercard of Honor from last from earlier this month, mm-hmm. um, it would be hard to argue that that's not the best tag team in the world. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. It doesn't surprise me that there are conversations and rumors and speculation that WWE might be interested, even though WWE doesn't really push their tag team division very much. Because <clears throat> mm-hmm. FTR has cemented themselves as the team to watch here, at least in 2022. I was a little whatever when they first got to AEW because I thought, okay, here's some really good opportunities to push a tag team, and they kind of didn't. They yep. sort I mean, of had them in the background, but hey, they didn't really AEW expose. does that. AEW does yeah. that. They'll debut someone. They'll, they'll give people this big, exciting debut. Um, and then kind of cool off on them for a bit, right? Then yeah. they won't really do much of them. And then eventually, you know, we saw it, we saw it with Miro. We've seen it with with a bunch of people. Eventually, they will. Eventually, they do get a spotlight, right? They eventually they do. There's like a rotational policy, I think, with AEW booking. I think people tend to worry a little bit too much when someone comes in and isn't being pushed to the top straight away. Um, but yeah, FTR did eventually get start getting booked well. They had like brilliant matches with the Bucks, um, yeah. So yeah, I totally understand why why when they first came in, you were a little bit concerned. I do wonder if uh, I mean they have because they have all these interpromotional things. They've got you know whether it's New Japan Ring of Honor, all these things, AAA. and the FTR can hold all of these belts. They are the perfect tag team for this, right? I wonder if the Young Bucks backstage are kind of like you know what we're good, like we don't need to do that because they would be the team to me that would do that if there was no FTR and AEW. Yeah. It would be the Young Bucks holding all mm. these titles, but. Uh, I think the Young Bucks as EVPs and other things like they're like you know what let's push them let's make sure that it's there and FDR is a legitimate threat in every promotion and they mm-hmm. like wrestling all over the place and they're mm-hmm. into it uh, I think it means more to them to hold all of these belts at the same time um, so yeah I, I agree I think they're probably the top tag team and I have come on record before and said that I am not the biggest Young Bucks fan I do like everything they've done for the industry but I I. I dislike as many of their matches as I love, if that mm. makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I watch them, I'm like, man, this is really good. Then other times I watch them, I'm like, oh my god, this is like a car wreck spot fest that just doesn't make any sense to me. FTR is not that team. FTR's matches are always solid. They're always legitimate. They follow the rules, but they cheat because they're heels. Like, they do everything that the old school tag team fans love, but they're also new and hip enough that people are kind of like... Um, this is a tag team for today, and yeah. so that's that's why I put them there. Where would you rank the Young Bucks? Are they a solid second, or are they not? I don't think they're a solid second, right? I would probably say the Usos are second. I think the Bucks are... They have a good shout, a good case for, for being third, um, because they still do deliver in the ring with the right opponent, like um, we saw with FTR a few weeks ago. Um, but like you said, yeah, I don't think... The Young Bucks, I don't think are sort of focused necessarily on being the best tag team in the world in like outside like in real life right obviously i think in kayfabe they that's something they want to be considered as but i think yeah backstage they're evps and they're quite happy to just to to let ftr sort of carry the the division on it on their shoulders are they a second solid second in AEW, or do you think that goes if ray phoenix is healthy to the lucha bros um i think if phoenix when phoenix is is healthy i think it's probably the lucha bros um, but it definitely changes, right? It definitely flicks back and forth. Um, but so yeah, right now I would say right now it's probably FTR. Then I guess you have to say Jurassic Express because they are the champs, um, and then probably the Bucks. And you know they've got you know there's a few other tag teams floating around down there for sure, right? Um, not a lot. I think there's 
I think there's a few, you know, you've got like the gun club and you've got teams like this who are kind of being, they get built up, right? They, they, they rack up these wins on dark and dark elevation. So then when, so then when they are get, when they get beat by people like FTR or the Bucks or the or Jurassic Express or the Lucha Bros, it makes them, you know, it looks like this an impressive victory. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, Young Bucks, Young Bucks are up there. They're always going to be up there. Uh, where do you rank Red Dragon now? Are they a team that has even reached anything close to what they did in NXT as Undisputed Era? To me, not even close. Not like, yet. I, I've been very disappointed in uh, how AEW has handled the Adam Cole acquisition. There's been some really good spots, and then some other times you're like, what are they doing with them? And then I think Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish have just not been used. Like Right, they, so... The stars they were coming out of NXT. They can't decide whether they want them to be... It seems like they can't decide whether they want them to be a tag team or single stars. Um, and I, I think maybe it's... I think it's probably fine if they... If, you know, they're a tag team that sometimes they have singles matches, right? Um, it's interesting. I would like to see them... It did look like they were going to hotshot them for a bit there, right? I, I was... I, I thought they were close to winning the titles a couple of weeks ago from... Um, from Jurassic Express, I thought they were going to do it. I thought they were going to pull the trigger on it. Um, yeah, it's interesting to see whether they... They've both got... I, I think Bobby Fish probably doesn't have a um, much potential as a, as a single star anymore, and I don't know if he's even particularly interested in that. He's, I, you know, he's a veteran. He's more... I think he's there just more to sort of mentor the younger guys, for sure. Kyle O'Reilly can do it all, right? He... Mm-hmm. So I mean, if they do decide that they would rather have them be single stars, O'Reilly's your man, right? He can. He's got. A, uh, he, there's. There's. It's hard to imagine envision the thing where he isn't in the main event at some point. Where do you rank the Hardys? Are they a team now that all this talk about them being on dark and elevation and not being used in major roles? Is that to you as big a disappointment as some fans are making it out to be that Jeff Hardy's come over from WWE and he's not really done a whole lot? I, to me, Matt Hardy might be. I like Matt Hardy a lot. I like the Hardys a lot. Matt Hardy may be the most disappointing AEW acquisition in WWE history. Mm. He just has not found his footing ever. Like mm. when he first got there with the uh, broken Matt gimmick, didn't work. Yeah. When he moved over to big money Matt, didn't work. Yeah. When he... You know, all this stuff has not worked. And now that he's with his brother, where he probably really wants to be, they're not even, to me, in the conversation nah. as far as... Te- Are they just at the age now where we're, we've seen this reunion too many times that they're not going to be in that conversation because neither one of them... Hardy's a little... Jeff is a little crazy, but yeah. he's got to be slowing down. Matt has certainly slowed down. Yeah. Um, where do you put the Hardys in this I mean, they're in the ta- they're in the, the great... They're in the conversation for greatest of all time, but right now I don't think they're really anywhere close. I think they're more just there for a little nostalgia pop, it seems like, and they get... We get the little... You know, we get the thing like Jeff doing the swanton through the merch table we, that we got on Dynamite a couple of weeks ago. We're going to get stuff like that, um, which, you know, is always fun to see. Um... But yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, I, I I guess I see them as like sort of a tag team version of Sting now. Like they're kind of fulfilling a role that's a sort of similar role as Sting does in the singles division, but in the tag team division where they're just there to sell merch and get a little nostalgia pop. But beyond that, I, I don't really foresee them um, accomplishing much in, in terms of accolades, but you never know. So here's my question. I'm going to give you three teams. Which one of these three is the most underrated mm. tag team in AEW? Mm. Is it Santana and Ortiz? Right, yeah. Is it the Acclaimed? Right. Or is it, uh, well, 
which could be a team, but we don't know if it's going to be officially yet. I'm expecting something between Danhausen and Hook here. Um, what team do you think has the ability to do more than they're currently doing, even though Danhausen and Hook yeah, are not yeah. officially a team? Well, yet. the Danhausen and Hook thing, I'm really interested to see where that goes. I actually am really enjoying that storyline, oddly. I think they've, I think it's been really well paced and booked out and plotted out. So I'm interested to see where that goes. If they do become a tag team, I could see that being a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, underrated. I mean, look, Santana and Ortiz, it's kind of wild that they haven't been champions yet, right? It's, they're just, they're, they're amazing. They're brilliant. Um, I, and if they had been, if they were being a little bit more consistently utilized as a, I guess recently they've been more involved in these sort of stable on stable things, right? And with this sort of inner circle implosion and now the Jericho Appreciation Society and they're sort of teaming with Eddie Kingston, um, which is fun and good and necessary, right? At least they're on TV. I think if they were being utilized as a actual tag team a little bit more, they would actually definitely be up in that conversation. But yeah, in terms of underrated, uh, yeah, I mean, they haven't had anywhere near the number of accolades that they deserve to have had by now. So I'm, I'm going to say them. Where do you rank these teams that are not necessarily tag teams, but are trios like Alistair Black's group, uh, mm-hmm. Blackpool, Combat Club, yeah. uh, Dark Order, Best Friends. Like, yeah. where do you put these guys? Are they tag teams or are they not tag teams? Yeah, these are interesting, right? Because you get, I guess you can get sort of like Freebird free bird rules with that with that kind of thing. Um, I mean, I like them all. I like, I, I like them all. Blackpool Combat Club is, is kind of new. It's a little bit too fresh. I do think they are going to start racking up some wins. I can definitely see, um, see uh, Danielson and Moxley as tag champs at some point. Um, but then again, they don't. They don't even really need the tag titles, right? It's I don't Daniel- like them together. To be totally honest oh, with you, really? I like the faction, but yeah. I think you're taking two mega stars yeah. that could have really solid singles feuds with other singles wrestlers, yeah. and and you're putting them in a group that. I mean, the group itself is cool, being led by William Regal, and you get to see some stuff for Wheeler Yuta and maybe another guy that they're going to add on here. I don't know if I like the group, though. Yeah. I don't. I just I find AEW does that a lot. They just throw people into factions, and they say, well, come out on TV together. And even Tony Khan's admitted it. He's like, I just get everybody in groups because I want them all on TV. Mm. Um, but I don't know that that's the best use of Brian Danielson and John Moxley. Yeah, Moxie, I but... mean, I don't know if it's going to be... I, I can see... I think it's possible for them to have... Um, I think it's possible for them to still have singles feuds. You're right. Maybe it is. It's not the... In the long run, it probably isn't the best use for them because they are the two of the biggest like singles wrestling stars ever. Um, so yeah, but I think it's fine for right now. Like I think there's a lot of stuff going on in AEW, right? Um, not everyone, they can't, there's not everyone is going to have something going on. So I think for right now, I think it's, it's a, it's a kind of a good, a good spot for Danielson and Moxie to be. And I like the concept, right? Which is that they're, 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 this stable is being managed by their mentor, right? The guy who trained them. And they're now training other guys like Wheeler Utah. I'm sure we're going to see a couple of other youngsters. For me, this stable, Blackpool Combat Club got Wheeler Utah over for me in a way that he had never been. Like, yeah. I, I I thought he was fun, but I never really, like, connected with him and or, or thought he was particularly, like, exciting in any way. Uh, as soon as the Blackpool Combat, as soon as he got slapped in the face by William Regal, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, this guy rules. <laughs> Do you think that was a Tony Khan thing or a Danielson thing? Uh, it's, it, it reeks of Danielson to me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, because he has this tendency to pluck guys like Drew Gulak's and the people that he really likes that people don't know. 
mm-hmm. and say, I'm going to make this guy into something. And yeah. I just wonder. I, I think what I'm trying to get at with this Blackpool comic club is that I believe it was too soon. The yeah, Brian exactly. Danielson thing, uh, he they missed an opportunity to make him the champion. Yeah. I don't. They really pushed his wanting to go for it when he came to AW. He, he wasn't coming in saying, well, oh, I'm going to teach guy. I'm going to win the title, he said. Like, he flat out said that on night one. I'm here to win the title. And he had his match with Omega, and then he kind of just sort of backed off of it. And I, I wonder why they did that. I, I really would have taken advantage of the fact that he is Brian Danielson, and yeah. he does deserve to hold that title before you put him in a group or a tag team or something else. And to me, that was a missed opportunity. It doesn't mean they can't do it. It just yeah. means that yeah. I thought they pulled this. They, they just did this too soon. Yeah, um, for sure. I can see that. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, top three. We'll, we'll wrap it up with our top three. Um, is it FTR, Usos, and then who's your number three? Because that's Man. what I'm gathering from you. It's FTR and Usos, and then who's number yeah, three? Yeah, it's definitely FTR number one, then Usos. Number three, I mean, look. You saying Santana and Ortiz has really thrown a spanner in the works for me. Um, I, I think per, in terms of like personal favorite tag teams, I might have to put them in number three. Um, but if we're going just sort of objectively best tag teams in the world right now at this very moment, I would. I think you probably have to put RK Bro in there, honestly. Yeah. Just in terms well, of, they are. They might be the most popular. Like, yeah. They're. WWE's got RK Bro, AEW's got Jurassic Express. If you put the two side by side, it's certainly RK Bro. Like that's you know when you have the similar styles and the different characters and and what they do, it's definitely RK Bro. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I think number three, man, it's tough. Um, it's probably going to be somebody from AEW. I think Young Bucks. You have to consider yeah, just sure. simply be- because of the fact that they have done so much and they're yeah. so instrumental in the success of AEW even though they haven't been pushed like you might have expected Young Bucks to, to be pushed in that promotion coming out of the gate uh, I think they've taken a lot of back seats when they have the opportunity to take a back seat um, but, and, and Lucha Bros for me too are really there but uh, I like both of those guys Phoenix and uh, those Penta just awesome yeah. so yeah, it's hard to pick number three, but I agree with you. FTR and the Usos, uh, probably the top two uh, teams. Mm. All right, we'll close it off with this because we won't get too deep into the conversation. I think you already answered this. Greatest tag team, your favorite. Doesn't have to be the greatest of all time. Yeah. Doesn't have to be the most highest accolades, most records broken, but your favorite tag team in the history of professional wrestling well, is. Well, I did say British Bulldogs earlier. I know you but said honestly, it. But... That, yeah, but honestly, I think it just changes depending on my mood. But yeah, I mean, it's def- Bulldogs are definitely up there. Heart Foundation's definitely up there. Honestly, the New Age Outlaws are up there just for that Attitude Era run they had. They were, um, I think maybe if you look back on it, some of the in-ring stuff wasn't super smooth. But I, 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 I as a kid, I was very uh, enthralled by the New Age Outlaws. Um, yeah, man. That's. I, I mean, I, I. Yeah, I like the Rockers. Um, yeah, I'll just say British Bulldogs. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll go with a team that fought them a lot. The Hard Foundation for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that may have been my. When I first got into wrestling, I mean, I was watching it just prior to WrestleMania one. That's how long I've been a fan. Um, so the Funks were big for me and stuff like that. But then when it really got into you know, the WrestleManias two and three and the Bulldogs and the Heart Foundation and those guys were really taking off demolition yeah. strike force right all that stuff Heart Foundation for me was it um, 
Bret Hart turned in in WrestleMania four in the Battle Royal and becoming mm-hmm. a singles guy. I was like, oh mm-hmm. my god, this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I always loved Jimmy Hart. Um, the mouth of the South as a manager for me was maybe one of the best. Heenan's the best manager ever, but mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy Hart was right up there too. So uh, Hart Foundation for me, and I like the British Bulldogs because they wrestle there's, each other. Well, there's overlap as well, right? I mean, there's yeah. there's overlap behind the scenes and and all that. And yeah, it's interesting. I picked a British tag team, and you picked the Canadian one. <laughs> yeah, there so. you go. That makes sense. Feels right. Cool. Well, let's close her off for there. Maybe one day we'll have the conversation about the greatest tag teams in the history. Of, we should do uh, that, man. Wrestling. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, well, we have another topic, I think, coming up right away here in terms of uh, biggest disappointments in uh, the both promotions, underutilized talent, yeah. uh, things like that for WWE. We'll probably do that there's one. There's a lot to talk weeks. about in both promotions, man. In both promotions, yeah. there's a lot to talk about. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, this has been another edition of the Sports Show on YouTube Live, the podcast platforms. Make sure to subscribe and download. Do us a favor. Uh, go on Apple Podcasts. Put a five-star rating in there. It helps the show. It's been around a while, but we're now just bringing it back. So we're four episodes in. So that would be great if you guys could help us push that again. Uh, For Norman Quarantine, for Jim Parsons at the Sportster, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, Until next time on the Sportster Show. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 